doing this morning? Yes! Oh, man. Well, good morning and welcome to Willow. I'll tell you what, we are having a good time so far. There's an energy in the room here. I hope it's the same at all of our campuses. And if you're watching online, we're so glad that you are here. It's a special day. It's a special day. And we're glad that you decided to join us today. Now, we've had a lot of fun so far this morning, but I just real quick, I just want to add my voice uh, to what you all said earlier in the service about every human being being made in the image of God. I just want to say that what happened in California and what happened in New York this week is absolutely evil and against the will of God. And I don't know how our culture decides what to give press to or what to get outraged about, but it dawns on me that I have seen a whole lot more this week about increased gas prices than I have about multiple murders. And if I was a person of color in our country, in our church, I would be wondering, do people see what's going on? Do they care what's going on? And so I just wanted to add my voice and then invite you, if you are someone whose prayer is to see, if your prayer is to care, if your prayer is that every human being, every race, every culture be at the table of fellowship and leadership in this church and in our country and around the world, would you applaud right now so that we're able to say that we love you and we see you. Yeah, thank you all. Hey, um, I want to start today with a question and it is a question for everybody, but I think especially if you're somebody like me that grew up in church. So if you are somebody that understands what vacation Bible school is all about, if you are somebody that ever came to Sunday school and they whipped out a felt board and started telling you stories with little paper figures and things like that, if you understand what catechism and first communion is about, if I say peace be with you and you say Okay, these are my church people, okay? These are my church people. Here's the question that I have for everybody, but especially you church people. If I told you that today, that we're going to talk about a guy in the Bible, a hero in the Bible, that killed a lion and then later on killed a giant, who do you think we'd be talking about today? King David. Yeah, absolutely, because David gets all kinds of press in Scripture. But we're not talking about King David today. We're going to talk about somebody else because this series, Unsung, is literally, we're trying to look at some of the people in Scripture that don't get all kinds of press, that you don't hear about all kinds of times, and yet they are heroic in the way that they pursued God, in the way that they lived their lives. I'm going to be in 2 Samuel 23. Now, the guy that we're talking about today is actually connected to David. In fact, uh, chapter 23 of 2 Samuel reads almost like the credits at the end of a movie. 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel is all about King David. But then the credits come in chapter 23, and we hear about these three elite soldiers. These guys that make what you just read about for two chapters or for two books of the Bible made it possible. We hear about three elite warriors. And then we hear about a fourth. And his name is Benaiah. 
We're going to pick up in verse 20. It says this. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior. Can we stop on valiant right there? Valiant means courageous. Valiant means tenacious in the face of challenges. Valiant means bravery and courage. That's what valiant is. He's a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two of Moab's mightiest Warriors. You look at the Hebrew there for mightiest, there is, uh, some people think, a word play which actually translates to lion-like. So these Moabites were mighty, they were lion-like men, big, tough guys. It goes on. Another time, Benaiah chased a lion down into a pit, and then, <laughs> despite the snow and slippery ground, he caught the lion and he killed it. Think about that. The average full-grown lion is 500 pounds. It runs at 35 miles an hour. Its claws like this, its teeth like this. And on snowy ground, who do you think has the paws on advantage? The lion. He can also see five times better than a human. So you go down into a pit where it might be dark, he's got five times the vision of Benaiah. And yet Benaiah chased him down there. Verse 21, another time... Armed with only a club, he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him. In First Chronicles, we see that the word great there is not so much like experienced or world-renowned. Great means he's big. Because in First Chronicles, it says that he was five cubits tall. That's seven and a half feet. He was a giant. And did you see what Benaiah did, how he killed him? He took the guy's spear and killed him with his own spear. Verse 21. These are some of the deeds that made Benaiah almost as famous as the three, those three elite warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him commander of his bodyguard. Now, what's going on here? Uh, you think Benaiah is just a really bad battle picker? Like, is he somebody in, you know, if you were in the Israelite army, that you'd be like, um, whatever you do, don't put me with Benaiah. Because he's always going up against two-to-one odds. He's going up against lions. He's going up against uh, giants. Is he just a really bad battle picker? Or... Is he a valiant warrior who's not afraid to take a risk if he feels like God's calling him to something in pursuit of the life that he feels like God has for him? He's willing to take a risk and face his challenges. I think it's the latter. Because I see that theme all throughout Scripture. I mean, last week we talked about Esther and Mordecai. And how these, these unsung heroes stood up for the Israelite people who were uh, basically facing death. Uh, you, you look at Moses. Moses took a huge risk in coming to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. What if he failed? What if the people didn't even follow him? What if Pharaoh just said, off with your head? I mean, Moses took a huge risk in pursuing the life and the call that he believed God had for him. You look at Jonah. Jonah goes behind enemy territory to tell people about the love of God. You look at Paul in the New Testament. 
Paul goes into the city of Lystra and he's preaching the gospel, the good news about Jesus. The people stone him, carry him outside the city and leave him for dead. When he finally wakes up, do you know what he does? Turns back around and walks back into Lystra. That is valiant. That is courageous. Social psychologists at Cornell University did a study on regret. They said there's two types of regret. There's action regret, meaning that you regret the things that you've done, but there's also inaction regret, in in that you regret the things that you didn't do. And what they found in their research is that in the course of an average week, action regret outpaces inaction regret, 54 45%, 55 to 45%. But if you take, if you zoom out from a week to a year to 10 years to a lifetime, that flips. And people regret the things they didn't do 85 to 15. So in the short term, you'll regret slightly more the things you do, but compared to the long term, you'll regret more of what you didn't do. There was a similar study where they asked people 90 years old and above, tell us as you reflect on your life what regrets do you have. There were two things that stood out. One, I didn't spend enough time, I didn't invest enough in the relationships in my life. That was one. Number two, I wish I'd taken more chances. I wish I'd taken more risks in my life? Are you listening to these people? Here's my point. I don't think it's always safe to avoid risk. In fact, I think it's sometimes risky to play it safe. I think sometimes it's risky to play it safe, especially if you have a God who is calling something from you. He is challenging you to do something. He's asking you to take a next step in your life, and you're going, okay, this follows along with God's word. There are people in my church or people that are Christ followers or wise people in my life that are affirming this thing, and yet I do. I just don't know if I want to take this risk. I would say to you, take the risk. What is the next step that God might be calling you to take? Is it maybe for some of you to venture back to school? Maybe God's calling you to start a business. Maybe he's asking you to invite someone to church. You you struck up a relationship with someone. You go, you know what? They'd love it here. And maybe to invite someone to church. Maybe for you, it's to pick up that phone and finally call someone to try and reconcile the relationship. Maybe for somebody to reach out and to ask for help with some habit that is destructive to your mind or destructive to your relationships or destructive to your body. Maybe to get that help that you need with that habit. Maybe for you it's to trust God with your finances for the first time in your life. My question to you is what is your next step? That next sort of risky thing that God is calling you to take. And then if I can... Whereas I would normally feel comfortable teaching you or even encouraging you, today, if it's okay, I want to dare you. I want to dare you to take the risk that God is calling you to take. When I look at Ben and I's life, there's three things that I see, and 
I'm going to take those dares and dare you with them. The first one is this. I dare you to chase challenges. I dare you to chase challenges in life. Do you know what cows do when a storm comes? When they're out on the field, when they're out on the field and the storm comes, cow very slowly sees the storm coming and just starts moving the other way. Thank you for laughing at that. They don't get much funnier. And so if you didn't laugh at that, we were going to be in big trouble. Okay? Anyway, they start moving the other way. The storm catches up. And even when it starts raining, they just keep going that way. In effect, staying in the storm longer than they would have even if they just stayed still. (coughs) The fact that they were running away from the challenge caused an even bigger problem in their life. Now, the opposite of the cow is the bison, the buffalo. (laughs) Because what the buffalo does is they see a storm coming, and what they do is they run right to the storm. Right to the storm and right through the storm. And in effect, not being in the storm very long. They face their challenge. They face it and they run through it, cutting down the amount of time that they're actually in the storm. And most people run away from challenges. Valiant people face their challenges head on. Most people would see a lion and see it go down into a pit and say, thank you, Jesus, and run the other way. And you'd still have a pretty decent story. Hey, kids, guess what I saw today? And guess what? It went down into a pit. Oh, I'm so glad. And I just ran the other way. But you know what Benaiah did? Benaiah saw a lion. Think about this. Go down into a pit. And he went, there's an opportunity. Where other people would have seen a challenge to avoid, he saw an opportunity to grasp, and he chased the lion. I love what Mark Batterson does in his book. He he writes a book about Benaiah in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. You go read it. It's awesome. He says, our ultimate destiny is determined by whether or not we seize The God-ordained opportunities presented to us, if we seize those opportunities, the dominoes continue to fall and create a chain reaction. He says, think of every opportunity as God's gift to you. And then what you do with those opportunities is your gift to God. I love uh, what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says, you know what, you'll very rarely... Accomplish God's call for your life inside your comfort zone. Isn't that good? You very rarely accomplish God's will, his call, your best life in your comfort zone. You've got to chase the challenges. Okay, you want to talk real life? You want to talk real life? Here's the thing. A couple of months ago, Pastor Sean came to me. And he said, I have an idea. What I want to do is I want to have the World Vision people come, and I want to have them raise money. We'll get the people to raise money. We run a race. We raise money for our partners in India. I said, well, goodness, that sounds like a wonderful idea for the runners of Willow to go out and run and raise money. I love that idea for them. And then if you were here last week, the World Vision people came. And the first thing they said was, this is for everybody. 
Even if you're not a runner, you can run. This is designed. 80% of the people that run don't run marathons. They've never run in their life. And folks, my DMs started going crazy. My, my uh, uh, um, uh, texts and Google chats and all these different things, everybody going, are you going to run? You should run. Do you know how much you, you, you'd raise all kinds of money for people? You'd inspire people if you run. You should go run. You should do this. They tricked us. They tricked us. And they showed up. And I just want to be real, just real with you. Confession, a little bit vulnerable. The last two years have been difficult. Pandemic. Um challenges of our church and the way that I have dealt with it is to eat it so when I've had a bad day in the last two years I'm just being honest I would say to myself at the end of the day you know what I need I need something sweet and then there would be days that I would have an incredible day I'd have a victory People would be kind. Somebody would say something. I would just be strutting out of work, and I would be like, I need to celebrate. You know what I need? Something sweet. Like, I get it bad. I get it good. I'm just eating. And I don't know about you, but I have found that I am allergic to calories. When I eat them, I swell. (laughs) And here's the thing. I have joked about it. I have joked about it. I have said, am I in shape? Yeah, I'm I'm in shape. Round is a shape. (laughs) And people said, are you into fitness? Yeah, I'm into fitness. Fitness pizza in my mouth. That's what I'm into. (laughs) But last week, I felt like God was saying, you need to get serious about this. You need to do something about this. For the people that we're going to raise money for, but also for you. I'm calling you to something. I'm calling you to do something. And in my, in my heart, I'm going, that's the scariest thing I can think of. Running a mile. Telling other people about it. Because what if I fail? What if I can't do it? What if, I, what if I'm, you know, all these different things rush into my mind. And God is like, I'm calling you to do this. And Willow, I just want to say to you, I am going to run. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. This week, I ran six miles. And you know what I ate afterward? Ibuprofen. That's what I ate afterward. And so I'm going to ask you, just as vulnerably as I can, will you pray for me from now until October? Pray specifically for this knee right here. And I am going to try to chase this challenge and this opportunity. Enough about me. Nope. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. But enough about me. Let's put it on you. What's God calling you to do? What's he calling you to chase? What's the thing that you're scared of, but you know he's calling you into it? What's the thing that other people have said? Yes. Yes. You need to do that. It goes right with scripture. It's who God made you to be. And you're just scared, scared to fail, scared to be embarrassed, scared to be rejected. What is that thing For you, you need to, number one, chase the challenge. Number two, I dare you to find a hero maker. It's a hero maker. I've never heard of that term before. I don't know. Uh, 
Here's what I would say. If you look at the origin stories of some of our heroes, you look at Batman, he had somebody that helped him along, Alfred, the butler. If you look at Spider-Man, he had Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben gave him wisdom. Uncle Ben sort of guided him. Uh, if you look at Luke Skywalker, he had Ben Kenobi, he had Yoda. In all these stories, there's someone that comes along and says, you know what, I see something in you. And they, they call it out in them. They say, yes, you can. I believe in you. And, and they, they guide them along the way. They're, they're, they're hero makers. If you look at our story, in verse 23, it says, David set Benaiah, set him over his bodyguard. I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's a coincidence that Benaiah was a lion killer and a giant killer. I think he was looking up to David. He was looking up to his hero, and then David saw something in him. And you know, you know that David understood what it was like to have somebody look at you and believe in you. If you know that story, I mean, go back some chapters. David is this kid. He's out in the shepherd fields. He's got all these brothers, and Jesse, his father, Samuel, the prophet, comes and says, um, I'm going to pick from among your sons the next king of Israel. And Jesse says, oh, okay. And he lines up all his sons except for David. It's like, I don't know who it's going to be, but I know one thing for sure. It's not David. His own father doesn't believe in him. And Jesse takes, or Samuel takes a look at these boys and says, no, it's, not, it's none of these guys. He said, do you have any other sons? And, and Jesse says, well, David, I'm little David. He's out in the field. He says, bring him in. And he brings him in. And Samuel, go look it up. In 1 Samuel 17, he says, you know what? Man looks at the outside, but God looks at your heart. He literally says to David, God sees something in you. And I believe in you, and you're going to be the next king of Israel. And the next thing that happens is David's out killing giants. All it takes is somebody that says, I believe in you. That says, God made you for this. God wants this for your life. You can do it. It's for my, four, my four favorite letters in the alphabet. I see in you. Because I remember the time that someone asked me, what's your dream? And I said, I, I think I want to lead a church someday. And that felt like so far off and so ridiculous at the time. And that person looked at me and said, you could do that. You could do that. And I know the joy of being able to look at younger leaders Young people, and, and, and to look at them straight in the eyes and say, what is your dream? What is it you feel like God is calling to you? What are you scared to chase in your life? And then when they'll tell you, oh, it's such a vulnerable moment when they reveal that to you, and for you to be able to say, you know what? You could do that. And I would say to everybody in this room, I would say to everybody at all of our locations watching online, you've already started dreaming about that next step, whatever God is calling you to do. And I just want to look you in the eyes and say, you could do that. Find a hero maker. Find somebody that will believe in you, that will walk alongside you, that will encourage you. Find somebody like that. David had Samuel. Benaiah had David. You need to find somebody, and let me ask you, who is that somebody that God might use you in their lives? Chase challenges. Don't run from them. I dare you. 
chase challenges. I dare you to find somebody and say, hey, will you coach me? Be, you might not want to say, be my hero maker, but just say, hey, mentor me. You know, walk with me. Find somebody. I dare you. And then the last thing I would share with you from Benaiah's life, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare quit. Do you know what fleas do? Um, I don't know much about fleas, but I looked it up. Fleas can jump 150 times their body's length. So you think about how tall you are, 5'4", 6'4", whatever you are, 150 times more than that, and a flea can jump straight up that high. It's crazy. He could easily jump out of a mason jar. Piece of cake. Here's the experiment they do with the fleas. They put the fleas inside the mason jar and the fleas can jump and jump and jump. They put the top on the mason jar. The fleas jump and hit their head, jump and hit their head, jump and hit their head, and eventually realize we're only going to jump as high that we don't hit our head. And what's amazing is at that point then you take off the lid to the mason jar and the flea can easily jump out and yet they never do. They hit their lid. They, 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 hit, they failed. They, they got hurt a couple of times, and now they've given up. And they'll never reach their full potential. And I think you know where I'm going with this. There are people in our lives, sometimes us, you know, we, we, we hit the top or we, we, we encounter a failure. Something's hard. It's a challenge. And next thing you know, we're giving up. Verse 22 says, <clears throat> Benaiah was almost as famous as the other three. What if the coach said, you know what, you're almost good enough. Your parents said, you know, you're almost as smart as your brother. They looked at Benaiah, it's literally in the Bible. He was almost as famous as the other three. Verse 23, Benaiah was renowned among the 30, but did not attain to the three. In other words, it's right there. He's in fourth place. He wasn't as good as. He didn't even get the bronze medal. One, two, three, fourth. You're not even on the medal blocks, the medal stands. And there's a lot of people that coming in fourth place like that constantly be, being seen as almost as good as. That they would get discouraged. They would give up. They would say, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. But not Benaiah. Benaiah gets invited to be a part of David's bodyguard to lead his personal bodyguard. And then years later, even though, even though he was just almost as good as, these guys had killed, you know, 800 people at a time and all this kind of stuff. You know what? He just stuck with it. And over time, David invites him to be um, commander over the mercenary armies, the, the Chenethites and the Parasite or something like that. And, and then, years later, David says, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to lead the entire army one month out of every year. You see this hero maker, he's like giving him opportunities. He's, he's training him over time. He's, he's helping him move forward. And you know what Benaiah's doing? He's not discouraged. He's just going to keep going. He's just going to keep at it. He's just going to keep going. And next thing you know, Solomon comes and, and promotes Benaiah to the general in command of all of the armies of Israel. Why? Because he was the most talented, the most famous. 
He'd accomplish the most things? No, it's because he never got discouraged and never gave up. He reminds me of another great leader who in 1831 failed in his business. He was defeated for the legislature in 1832, and he again he failed in business in 1833. He was elected to the legislature in 1834, but in 1838 he ran for the speaker position and he lost. 1843 he ran for Congress and he lost. 1855 he ran for the Senate and he lost. In 1856, he tried for the vice presidency, and he lost. In 1858, perhaps thinking his luck had changed, he ran for a second time for Senate and lost again. But in 1860, two years later, he was elected president of the United States. And nobody remembers Abraham Lincoln's defeats. It was that last election that he's known for. Because he never quit. He never gave up. As God is calling you to that next thing, to chase that lion, I just want to say, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare give excuses that say, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not old enough, or I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough experience, or it's been tougher for me, or, or only, I mean, you can, here's the deal. If you look for excuses if you always look for excuses, you'll find one every time. And if you look for opportunities, you'll find one every time. Both are true. I'm so glad Benaiah stuck with it. Can you just imagine Benaiah in his old age tucking his grandkids into bed and them just saying, hey, tell us that story again about the lion." Tell us that story about that Egyptian. Grandpa, tell us how you did that. Tell us that story. And I, I don't want to be, you know, too dramatic, but I think about the end of my life. I think about sitting down with grandkids. I think about you sitting down with grandkids. I, I think about you at the end of your life and, and having them say, man, tell us that story again. Tell us about how you, how you took care of grandma when she was sick. And how you stuck by her side the entire time. Tell us how you stuck it out during that pandemic. How did you finish school while taking care of three kids on your own? Tell us that story. Inspire us with the ways that you lived valiantly in your life. How did you kick that addiction? What did you do first and what was it like? Was it hard? How, how did you break free from that in your life? How did you bounce back from bankruptcy? How did God use you in your life? Tell us how God has been faithful in your life, Grandpa, Grandma. Guys, if God has birthed something in you, chase it. I'll close with one last lion in the Bible. 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter talks about Satan, the devil. It's like, a, like he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy, you have a lion. But what's interesting is that in James 4, 7, it says resist the devil 
and he will flee from you. I love the idea that even the devil shows up in our lives and we're not supposed to run from him. We resist him, we stand our ground, and he runs away from us. Do you understand that Jesus didn't die on the cross to keep you safe? Part of the reason he died on the cross was to make you dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So what is that thing, that risk, that scary lion that God is calling you to chase? What is that thing that he designed you for, that other people are looking at you and recognizing it in you, and they're asking you, when are you going to sign up? When are you going to take that next step? And what's that thing that you're praying and saying, God, I've got one more question, one more question, one more question, and God is going, I've answered all the questions. I've said, go, now go. What is that thing in your life? Folks, let's be like Benaniah and let's chase it.